welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got 10 games here on Tuesday night for you guys. In this one, we're taking a look at the Grizzlies and the Lake Show. Some troubling news for those Lakers fans and those of you who put some futures bets on them once this team became better, like myself. Uh, we are looking at LeBron possibly being out for a couple of weeks, getting a second opinion. So we'll take a look at that. He's definitely missing this game against the Grizzlies. So that is why it's all the way up to nine points for the Grizz. We'll jump into this one. Also got another game for you as well as our player props that we're staying hot on already this week with you guys. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Uh, also want you to head to the lines.com. That's where you can check out all the great written content we have for you guys. The NBA is on fire on the lines.com right now. We also have the odds finder tool up there for you guys. You can make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all those us sports books, giving you NBA bets this season. Nate, let's get into this 10 game slate here and then talk about the Lake show and Grizz. And that's the first game up Lakers. Yeah. Plus nine, as you mentioned, the total has been bet down from 233 to 230. Uh, Bulls are plus five at Toronto. The other game we break down, Bucks up to minus six at Brooklyn. Washington plus seven at the New Look Hawks. The Kings uh, minus two and a half at Thunder. No SGA there. Kings might counter by sitting De'Aaron Fox. Ro- uh, Rockets are plus 10 at home against the Nuggets. Mavs minus eight and a half at home against the Pacers. Spurs plus 10 at Jazz. Wolves plus six at Clips. And then the Blazers plus four at the Warriors, um, we're not going to pick that game, but I do think the Warriors uh, can can roll Dame, the Dame and the uh, backup dancers who just don't don't aren't able to do anything right now other than watch Dame be amazing. But we're talking about the Lakers and their supporting cast and how they're going to respond now to LeBron James being out multiple weeks, if not maybe even the rest of the season. Shortly after saying, you know, we're going to come out of this break uh like our hair's on fire we're gonna play our way into the play-in and higher maybe and pulling off the biggest comeback of the season in dallas and then they get this this big blow um certainly it makes you like the under which is why we've seen it bet down three points already the the lakers in six games without lebron this year averaging just 109 a game versus 121 with him assist to turnover ratio is is dreadful they're only hitting nine threes per game the thing is, both these teams are terrible three-point shooting teams. Both these teams like to bang down low. Both teams limit um, the uh, the opposition scoring down low. Um, and, you know, at a top 10 rate, basically, I'm looking at the fact that the, the Lakers are the number one free throw defense, not just since this trade, but, um, you know, over the last, like, eight, nine games or so. They've gone under in five of their last six since the trade deadline, the exception being you know, Damian Lillard going off. Um, and under in five of the last six without LeBron. Again, the exception is that Blazers game where they lost without him. Um, so, I mean, Memphis going through their own struggles without Steven Adams, and you might think it's the defensive side of the ball that, oh, well, the, they, can't, they can't guard the paint as much without the, maybe the strongest man in the NBA, but Xavier Tillman's done a fine job uh, defensively filling that five role. It's their offense that's <clears throat> struggled. They score five points per game fewer without him. They have lost eight of their last 13 now without him. Similar defensive rating, similar pace. But now we're talking, you know, steady under in a pace that's gone down to 98.6 in their last seven home games. Scoring 112, only giving up 104. So 233 was definitely too high. It's getting bet down at this point. 
but still like it based on the fact that LeBron's out that, you know, the Lakers, if it's gut check time and if they're going to uh, battle to at least cover in this game, you'd, you'd think that it's going to be a physical game, a sloppy game where there's not a lot of threes going in. Both these teams averaging about 11 or less and uh, not a ton of free throws either, but just a lot of, you know, in, interior tough play um, with guys like Jared Vanderbilt and Anthony Davis on, on and, and Triple J on the other end of the court, just a lot of mucked up play in the paint. Yeah, a, a lot of mucky, mucked up play for sure. AD was the first place, I, obviously, I, I looked uh, for some props potentially really high at 27 and a half points. Um, and then, you know, the, the rebounds at about 13 and a half, 12 and a half, depending on, on what kind of odds you want to get back. That's a lot. It is a team there. They are playing a team in Memphis who can't rebound apparently without Steven Jackson. Um, you talk about, you know, eight and nine without him uh, this season and in this last stretch as well over the course of their last like nine games or so um, they are like the 26th Team, uh, best rebounding team, right? So fifth worst, essentially. Um, and and that's just a complete turnaround from what they used to be. And, and that's how their lineup is constructed, to be honest with you, is they, they have good rebounding guards. Um, and, and that's fine and well, but when, when you don't really have a center down low and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. is obviously super undersized, despite what he's able to do as a rim protector, um, not a rebounder. And that, that's a big opportunity for the, the Lakers who have been so, 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 so much better. Uh, and it really started with the Rui trade. We talked about that a few weeks ago, but but it started with the Rui trade, just getting somebody who can get you like seven rebounds a game and at least fill in the paint, uh, especially on that second unit. Well, ever since they've gotten, you know, the, the team that they have now as well, Vanderbilt uh, adding to what they do and, and LeBron being crucial to rebounding as well. They've become a really, really good rebounding team and everything that the Lakers have done on defense, I believe in since, um, you know, they, they've gotten this new look uh, team on their side and then Vanderbilt being a huge reason for that. We've talked about that. Malik Beasley holds his own on defense as well. Um, and, and Rui hasn't been a turnstile style at least and like I said a big body down low for them so they, they've looked much better they've limited fast points they've limited a lot of the things that Memphis does to score second chance points um, and, and things of that nature like they're banging down low and getting boards uh, with, with guys outside of just AD at this point obviously which is super helpful um, but I, I would still say that there's going to be some trouble for them in, in scoring and, and that's what we're going to see tonight especially with D'Lo out that makes their second unit a lot worse and that's kind of what's been the, the case for them in, in the minutes that that LeBron AD are not on the floor and, and it's really mostly it's not even really a, Schro a Schroeder led offense on the second unit anymore because Schroeder's not out there with them he's on, on the starting lineup with D'Lo out which is a big blow to them so they've had a really bad second unit since um, you know th th basically since this these trades have happened um, and especially when LeBron isn't out and in their last five I mean you talk about what they've been doing without him um, in, in six without him since um, you know since January I was looking at the the three that he was out as well um, since this trade happened and still ugly for them I mean they went one and two only beating I believe you know one of the worst teams in the league in that in that stand so uh I don't believe in them too much I, I don't believe in Memphis right now either to be honest is, is a thing and even at home they have not been nearly as impressive as they were last year I mean 13 and 13 um against the spread this season when they are home favorites that that's a, a stat that last year was you know pretty much number one in the league for them when they were at home as the favorite they were crushing teams they're actually failing to cover by four points uh, a game in these spreads where 
where they're fit, where they're favored at home like this. So I, I don't like the situation for them. I, I like the situation for LA. I just, I don't know how they're going to respond because I didn't like what I saw from them when, um, you know, when LeBron was out and even they, after they got these guys, he is a huge part of what makes everything around them successful. Even when they do have good wing players, like they finally do still a matter. It's still about LeBron and AD. They're still, they have like a 68% winning percentage with LeBron and AD on the floor that drops to about 42 without them in, in the largest sample size over the last three seasons. So I don't trust them to necessarily cover. I'm probably staying away from that, but I do prefer an under because I don't even know if, if LA is going to be able to, to hang around to get this thing over 234. I do think they cover, and I think it's because of what you touched on, um, the, the poor rebounding from Memphis. I mean, they're, they're still top five in pain points allowed in these last seven home games without Adams, but um, ninth most second chance points allowed. And that's exactly like how you picture this offense functioning with Jared Vanderbilt and Anthony Davis up, up front is they're just going to be scrappy and they're going to get extra possessions and they're going to try to, you know, bang down low exactly what, what you would like to see from the Lakers. I mean, there should at least be an initial lift here with LeBron out, um, you know, to, if we don't get news that he's out for the season, then it could be kind of a deflating, but They've been winning games despite the fifth worst shooting three point shooting percentage, um, you know, in since these trade deadline moves, they've been winning them with defense. The number yeah. one rebounding team, number four defensive rating, um, you know, fourth limiting assist to field goals, and and ninth limiting the pain points and all the things you need to do uh, against Memphis, which is just not the same team as last year, like you said, and actually snapped their eleven game win streak uh, against Bron and the Lakers, uh, no Anthony Davis in that game. And LeBron was already playing hurt. He's already, you know, he's been dealing with this for a while. So, you know, the supporting cast is better at this point. I know with D'Lo out, the second unit is a bit of a concern, but Anthony Davis carried this team to like, what, eight, eight of 10 wins with LeBron out in December. And I think he can at least carry them to be competitive, if not potentially win this game, because there's nothing about Memphis that says they're consistent. Um, I mean, they could run away, but I, I would not take no, them. No, you're, you're right no there. Reason. Like if anything, and you're touching that spread, you're definitely taking uh, the Lakers to cover more than anything. AD is going to need to, to rattle off a streak of, 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 you know, games where he puts up 35 and 15 the way he did during that win streak that you're talking about. Um, yeah, they, they managed to win about five in a row at one point, and that was completely because AD was averaging like 37 points a game. They're going to need some more of that from him, uh, some 40-point, point games in there uh, and definitely some 15 to 20 rebound games but let's see what he's got you know we made the joke like he's got to put them on his back hopefully he doesn't get a hurt back at this point um, and be out for a few weeks so the Nets and the Bucks and really this is another opportunity for a PSA to bet against the Nets fade, fade them making the playoffs or being in the play-in because there are now only one game ahead of Miami in the win column a few in the loss column because they've played more games, uh, but they are, you know, this is a tough stretch that we highlighted. Sure enough, they have not shown anything to indicate that they're going to be able to, to compete with these top 12 teams in the East that are all trying to pass them or, or knock them further down the standings. Um, they did bounce back from just an absolute slaughter last Friday in Chicago to, you know, play a high-scoring game at Atlanta, but the defense was just abysmal. Um, I mean, they, they let the worst three-point shooting team in the league hit 16 threes at 53%. They got out-rebounded. Nick Claxton can't stay on the floor because his offense isn't fitting without Kyrie and Durant. Um, now you're facing 
a, a Milwaukee team that's number one in rebounding, number three limiting assists, um, you know, number anything they want to do, they're, they're, they're tops there. I mean, three-pointers are really the biggest barometer, though, and that's what, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee is number one in that, on the road in the entire season, and then recently allowing under 30% wherever they're playing uh, over their last eight games here. So look at Brooklyn, how they've been able to actually win in the post-Kyrie era if they hit a bunch of threes. I mean, even, and that's not even a guarantee. Like, they, they have... yeah. They're two and three at home in this situation. They've hit at least, uh, you know, 17 threes in both wins. They hit 16 in a loss in the, in the uh, other losses, they shot 32% against Philly and Phoenix, two teams that when you look at a lot of these numbers defensively, what they limit very similar in Milwaukee, um, it's in, which is to just say, you know, towards the top of the league, um, you know, and Brooklyn's been pretty good defending the three point line, on the season, but lately that's, that's the bottom's kind of fallen off there. And, and Milwaukee's just obviously more versatile. I mean, they do score a high percentage of points off threes, but they also score a ton of unassisted twos, AKA Giannis. And now with no Durant out there, Giannis has already had some pretty big games against the Nets. I mean, they've, the Bucks have won six of the last eight against the Nets in the regular season. And the exceptions, you know, are usually when Kyrie or KD go off or or the Nets hit a bunch of trays playing off them. I don't see any of that happening here. Um, at 2.30, after it's been bet up, the under is kind of in play here because I don't think the Nets are really – they're a threat to not score, you know, 100. A rare NBA team right now that if it's just not working for Dinwiddie, like we saw in Chicago, uh, they're just going to get crushed. Um, so, I mean, but I think the spread is fine. Minus six. Milwaukee's a little less reliable on the road. So if you did want to tease it with something else, that that is the uh, option I threw out there. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's true that the spread is it's at six and a half and like Milwaukee's not that good on the road covering you know throughout the season anyway but it is sort of a, a been a new day right for them in the last like 14 games that they've won um they're obviously a much different team we piling on to the futures that we talked about with with Brooklyn fading them to make to be in the playoffs outright um and you know taking them to be in uh the play in tournament for sure as well uh which is is continuing to bear fruit as the Knicks are compl- are super hot as well uh winning 5 in a row a big reason that we liked um, Brooklyn to slide was the likelihood that Miami and, and New York were able to overtake them as much as anything and now they're they're losing helping us out uh entirely as well so everything's kind of going in that direction right now um and, and the other one was Milwaukee you know to potentially win the east when they were half a game back and you're getting plus 210 odds or plus 220 for them to just overtake Boston by half a game. Even if you think Boston's really good, um, you know, right now Milwaukee's back in first and this would be an opportunity to go up by a full game, I believe. So um, this is a good opportunity for them. Giannis is probable in, which is also why you just feel good about them um, being able to sort of, you know, get get theirs against this Brooklyn team. Um, There's not, I don't know what, you know, defense Brooklyn's really able to pose uh, when against this team right now. I mean, Giannis, to be fair to them, I mean, if you look at what Giannis has done against the Suns, let's say like you, you like Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges to sort of be the the, the consistencies here. And, and against the Suns in the last couple games in the regular season, Giannis, um, dating back to last season in the regular season, you know, didn't have solid numbers against them, failed to score 20 points twice against them. Of course, that's also coming after a, a playoff series where he dropped 50 in a game <laughs> series clincher. So I, I don't know 
know what you want to do with that and, and him, but I, either way, they're not able to stop what this team does well. I know um, they've been limiting teams shooting threes decently well, but they're still giving up a super high percentage um, as they're not really able to, to necessarily get all over the floor and definitely a, a much worse team down low at this point. Nick Claxton not able to stay on the floor is a huge part of all that. Like you were saying, um, his inability on offense to really click. Same with Royce O'Neal, another really solid rebounder for them, um, you know, from, from his position at the at forward. Um, and obviously Ben Simmons would have been great to be able to help them get rebounds as well. All those guys not able to really play in a system where they don't have stars on offense to be able to score for them, right? And put them in positions to score. There's no one able to do that for them at this point, which is, you know, in terms of a ball handling playmaker. So um, that means that they're also now that's hurt them down low, right? 17th in opponent points in the paint over their last five games. That's down from like ninth on, on the season when Nick Claxton was in there being the best one of, if not the best rim protector in the league alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. Their defensive rebounding percentage all the way down to 22nd um, and those two-point percentage as well for their opponents down to 27th in the league um, for, for Brooklyn because they don't really have anybody down low uh, to defend those two-pointers and even the, the mid-range that I thought they'd do a much better job of defending still giving up a ton of, uh, of points from there as well. So they're, they're going to have to shoot lights out to be able to even hang with this team and, and make in their wins, you know, in their last five games, or excuse me, since the trade basically in this uh, on the 7th or so of February um they they're making 17 threes and their losses they're making 12 so that's just how they're going to have to win that's you know 15 points per game that they're that they need from the three point line to be able to win uh, against these teams and the same for for Milwaukee who's also now back to defending the three in terms of third and in terms of uh in their la- during this run limiting uh you know opponents three pointers made you talk about limiting assists and, and, and down low the, the rebound percentage you talked about all that i think they're just going to dominate Brooklyn down there and outside of a crazy anomaly game where, where Brooklyn just goes off from three, uh, even two thirty one and a half feels like a pretty good under right now. It got bet up for me to be able to bet under it because of the fact that all these impressive numbers for, for Brook for um, Milwaukee uh, defensively, number one opponent field goal percentage, all that stuff we talk about. They're even better when they're on the road in their last four during this win streak. They're playing at a 99 and a half pace in their last four on the road as well, which is down from that 103 and a half that they've been playing at over the course of this 14 game winning streak uh fewer points seven fewer free throw attempts when they're on the road right now than when they are at home uh not a surprising number but it's a big number and a big difference for them uh in terms of obviously Giannis getting a ton of free throws at home versus on the road where they're not getting quite as many calls so it just seems to be a little bit sloppier and if if, if both these teams can limit threes decently um then this should be able to go under but I, I think Milwaukee can cover this unless there's just going to be some, you know Brooklyn's pulling something out of their ass that we're not seeing right now yeah, and both these teams limit fast break points, which is key. Even if you talk about if Milwaukee's going to play that increased pace, if they're going to get 118, uh, I don't know if they will be able to score as consistently in the half court um, if Brooklyn gets back the way they have been under Jacques Vaughn. Um, so that does, you know, definitely makes me have more faith in the under, the fact that Milwaukee's gone under and four straight on the road because of those exact metrics you're mentioning. I am a little concerned just because. Brooklyn's been pummeled lately and, and they they're 25th in defensive rating in this eight game sample. Yeah. <clears throat> but when these teams get together, yeah, it is. <clears throat> I mean, it's a new Nets team, of course, but it, it tends to be competitive. I, I mean, they had that epic playoff series and it, and it tends to be low scoring. And, and I think Jacques Vaughn is maybe a guy who's put in some good game plans against Giannis. I mean, the last time they played in December, Granted, they had KD out there, but the Nets won 
and Giannis was really limited. Um, you know, 26 points, which for him is, is, a, is a bad game, and seven turnovers, I believe. So credit Jacques Vaughn for being at the helm and doing that. Um, and I think that probably keeps Milwaukee under 120 and therefore probably keeps us under this total. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into our first NBA play prop for tonight. Yeah, I'm looking at the Hawks, and uh, I mean, Nate McMillan is a good coach, don't get me wrong, but I mean, Quinn Snyder is one of the best offensive minds I think we've seen in, in the modern NBA, and I think the Hawks are going to be a top 10 offense the rest of the way, if not even better under him, and it's really going to help DeJounte Murray find his swing. I mean, how how long has... Snyder been coaching against this guy um, on the Spurs and seeing what he's capable of. And now he's putting up Spursian numbers in just a two game sample side so far 26 and a half points, six rebounds, six assists, with a 130 offensive rating under Snyder. Uh, his usage rate has gone up to about 29%. It was closer to 23% under McMillan. Um, so DeJounte, 30 and a half PRA is where I lean there. You get minus 120 on him to score 20 points. I would maybe juice that up a little bit here, but they're playing the Wizards, probably without Porzingis, probably without John Collins on the Hawks' sides. And for what it's worth, you know, four games without uh, JC this year, DeJounte again averaging 26, 6, and 6. So he's going to be a little bit more involved, a little more backcourt-centric. The Wiz are allowing the third most assists, six most points to shooting guards in their last 15. And he's averaged huge numbers when he, as a member of the Spurs against the Wiz. 26 points per game, 13 rebounds, nine assists. Has a triple-double in two of his last four against this team. And just not for nothing, plus 5,500 at FanDuel for him to get a triple-double. He did come within three peripheral stats of that against Cleveland. An excellent defense. It's just a question of is Washington going to be able to score? Because they, they were awful in their last game. Um, so, I mean, Atlanta could blow them out. But I think if it's not a blowout, I don't think there's any way DeJounte goes under 30 PRA. Yeah, if, if he's going to be playing the way he, he does, like you said, uh, under Quinn Snyder, I, I hope he's been able to have an impact already. It seems like he has. I, I think it's just that weird time of year where uh, Trey Young gets his coach fired and then they play super well in, in the last 25 games of the season uh, as a team whenever that happens for whatever reason. Um, and, and yeah, either way, it seems like if, if DeJounte is going to be able to figure out how to play with him, um, you know, I, I would tell you on that one with the, with the peripherals in there as well. So uh, a guy we should have been talking about a little bit a, a while ago probably and I think we've taken him once or twice in here but Clay Thompson uh is just on fire right now he's he's playing like he probably the best ball that he's ever played to be honest during this stretch um you can take him with the points you can take him with points and assists it's 29 and a half points and assists for slightly better juice there minus 115 on DK the two and a half assists is minus 105 obviously the points are always there for him those are at 26 and a half uh with just the points but he's had 31 points in back-to-back -back outings versus Portland without Steph um a 30% usage in that time frame during 37 minutes per game uh, for, for the young man there. Uh, seven threes made on 17 attempts. That's like not even Clay. That's not Steph Curry world. That's nobody's world. That's just Clay Thompson's world right now. Uh, maybe some Dame Lillard in there as his prop is at 37 and a half points. Uh, but the seven threes, man, on 17 attempts is some wild stuff. His last five at home going bananas, 31 and a half points a game, four and a half boards, and then two and uh, about three assists in there as well. The 30% usage 
usage right where he's at in 34 minutes a game there, still making more than seven threes per game in his last five uh, on just actually 14 and a half attempts. And look, we're playing Portland tonight. Uh, if you're the dubs, that is Portland, as we call them, worst D in the world, definitely about 130 defensive rating in their last five games alone. Um, and so you just look at what they've been doing with Nurk, without Nurk, really doesn't matter. Um, it's just been really, really gross, giving up a bunch of points to Houston as well. So I think there's you've got to expect the, the dubs offense at home to be coming alive here a bit. Uh, and we do like a lot of points to be scored in this game, which means Clay is going to be doing a lot of that. Yeah, because Poole's kind of gone ice cold too. And, and he's not mm-hmm. being the, you know, you look at a matchup with Portland as like, okay, who are the opposing guards? Because Dame's going to go off, but he's not going to have any energy left to play defense. They don't have any d- defenders in the backcourt because they traded them all. Uh, so Clay should, yeah. The points are, you're not getting good juice. You're incredibly getting up minus 165 for him to hit five threes because of some of those numbers you put out there. So that's why I want to combo it with the assists or just take three assists maybe. Because um, it's just going to be an all-around clinic, I think, from the Warriors. I, I would look at the over on their team total and, and the over in this game at 235 or, or teasing it down a little bit. I think there should be plenty of points when these teams get together. The other game we break down here is Bucks Nets, and while we worry about the Nets' offense uh, producing, I'm still willing to take an over on Cam Johnson. I, I mean, I think he's just he's part of the future plans of this team, obviously, and they're gonna keep giving him opportunities. He's played five games with the Nets and has about a 24% usage rate. More importantly, he's playing 30 minutes per game, and and you know, as a per 36 guy. This season, 20 points per game, three and a half threes. He just hasn't shot that well with the Nets. I mean, he's still averaging 18 in his last three, but if he was able to hit closer to the 45% from three that he hit with the Suns earlier this season, instead of 30% with the Nets, um, you know, we're going to start to see the points flow a little bit more consistently. I mean, he is coming off an 18 point game. Um, He is, he has attempted 17 threes uh, or I'm sorry, 26 threes over his last three here. So he's got the green light for sure. And, you know, when he's faced the Bucks as a member of the Suns, he's nine for 17 from deep. That's good for 52% in just 22 minutes per game over three meetings. So 14 and a half points, even money, and the plus money on him to hit three threes when he's taking eight to 10 a game. I know the Bucks try to determine who they want to take the threes and they might try to, not, you know, avoid that with Cam, but. Uh, I, I think he will get his attempts up there and, and just I'm following the minutes here to assume that he's going to score a little bit. Yeah, I think it's about the minutes with him. I, I, I hope my thought process would be he'd get a bit more minutes uh, as a big 6'10 body who can, you know, defend a few different positions, which is what you need to do against the Bucks front court um, and even back court that's super tall and strong. So, sure, uh, for him, I worry about points in this game a bit. I know it got bet up, um, but I think we still like, you know, the Bucks defense on the road, especially. So, uh, a bit of a scary one, but, you know, the 14 and a half points and even the th- you're getting good odds for him, though, tonight. So, uh, I think he should continue to be a consistent between he, Dinwiddie, um, you know, and, and bridges at this point, like that's your top three options in offense. So I, you're going to be getting the bulk of those, the points from, from the, those three spots. So uh, I'm going to close things out with my guy, Jakob Pertle. Glad to be able 
to talk about him killing it back on the wraps uh, for the second time, obviously, in his career. Uh, and now we're calling it the Jakob Pertl error. It never was considered that, but I think we should be talking about it as such. Um, definitely a lot better with him in there. Playing some soft comp, but, you know, I think they're going to be pretty good against, by the way, a Chicago team that's got the best defensive rating in the last, like, 15 games in the league. Also, like, the best rebounding team in the league. So I think you're getting a little bit of value on Pertl at 20 and a half points and rebounds. That's minus 110 on DK. The rebounds alone are uh, eight and a half. That's uh, about minus 115. Uh, pretty much the same odds there if you just want the, the boards. But I mean, with Toronto in six games, 14 points a game and about 10 boards, 9.8 in there, that gets you over the 20 and a half easily. But if you even just look over the last four games after he started getting more minutes, because in those first two, they were kind of working him in. He had 17 minutes in the first game, 25 minutes in the second game. Now you look at the last four since he's gotten in the groove with the squad uh, and he's he's up to th- more than 30 minutes a game. And in those four, 18 and a half points almost gets you to the points of rebounds right there. 12 and a half rebounds per game uh, as well. That's, a, like I said, an increase in those minutes. Uh, his last four versus Chicago when he's on the Spurs, he went over that prop each time as well. 17 and a half points and 10 and a half boards in there. If you do think he can get 10 boards, a double double for the man is plus 225 tonight. I think he's slotted himself in as like an 18 and 10 guy at this point. Um, the double double at plus 225 is probably just it's really nice odds there for a guy who's been averaging 12 and a half boards in his last four I like like I said I think the the hurdle over, over the last four games for this team is the hurdle you can continue to expect to see with 30 minutes a game so this this prop still remains way too low and it's my favorite one of the day yeah look at this the Raptors are going up Hawks going up Bulls going up defensively uh we saw the Knicks beat the Celtics we saw the Heat beat the Sixers and who does that leave as the odd man out? The Brooklyn Nets. And why, why, people, did you not bet plus 800? Now it's down to plus 400 that they'll be knocked out of the playoffs by the end of this thing. Um, it is still available for you to take. And, you know, why bother with the player props um, or in addition to them? Just go and get four to one on your money on that because the rest of these Eastern Conference teams are coming. Yes, sir. And we talked about the Raptors plus 185 to make the playoff uh, play playoffs as well to get through the play in tournament where they're they're kind of firmly cementing themselves. So a big win to a big game for them tonight either way. But yeah, always good to be able to talk about fading the Nets futures right now and being able to pick up on some other teams like the Knicks and company. So that's all the time we have for you in our player props episode today. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along as we are staying wicked hot for the rest of this season on these player props with you guys until we see you next. Happy betting. 